Welcome to Just the Tech, the new tech podcast for everyone. Each episode of Just the Tech covers a single topic, giving you an in-depth look into a specific area of technology. My name is Austin, and with me is my co-host, Jason. Co-host. Co- and with us is our resident tech layman, Mr. Chris. Glad to be here. Jason and myself know a decent amount about technology. Chris knows very little. You're a good friend, Austin. Today, I'm Just the Tech. <laughs> It is just the blockchain. Just the blockchain. Just the blockchain. And quite frankly, as always, there's a lot to talk about here. This actually might be our most confusing and complex topic so far. Yes. So hang in there with us. But we have Chris as our resident tech layman who will help us simplify things for you. If, if Chris gets it, anybody will get it. Yeah. Let me tell you. Yeah. It's Chris, Chris is a stand-in for you listeners. Really the voice of the people, I think. Right. So, uh, Jason, what... What are we doing today? We're talking about the blockchain, right? That's right. What, what is, is the that? blockchain? Okay, so do you know anything about the blockchain? What's your kind of starting uh, point here? I believe it's used to do Bitcoin things, which is like virtual money or something. That's right. So nailed it. That's it. And episode over. So when we talk about the blockchain... You're probably naturally going to think about Bitcoin, but don't. I okay, would, I, would I can do that. The blockchain is the technology that enables Bitcoin. So what is it? It's it's a global ledger with no middlemen, no intermediaries. It's It's a large network that records every single transaction that occurs within the network. So in the case of Bitcoin, when I send a Bitcoin to you, Everybody in the network knows that that happened. So everybody agrees on it, and it means you don't need a bank for me to send the money to first. Yeah, and and, and what replaces, you know, for a bank and other institutions, you like the the reason why you use them is trust, right? You you, you trust the ledgers that they keep. With blockchain, it's you're trusting. Am I saying this right? Like crypt, like the cryptography. That's right. The cryptography of the system. It's 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 built in a way where it's implicitly you. It's designed well enough where you trust it because everybody it, it, that ledger is publicly available to everybody and they can be checked by anybody. Right. The, the blockchain is very exciting because it really is almost a mathematical breakthrough, a, a, a cryptographic yeah. breakthrough. You can actually think about it as like that weird public feed on Venmo. You know, you can like see everybody else's transactions. It's It's not that, but it's like that. Everybody can see everybody else's transactions, which gives it accountability. Kind of. That probably yeah. is confusing, but... But, you know, it's, it's, I mean, to give people a visual aid about like what they, what, something they can relate to, right? Yes, absolutely. So already when we're talking about this, all we're talking about is money. Money, money, what money. What I'm so excited about with the blockchain is that it's not all about money. Money. It's all about this new platform that's created, a trustless system, a, a giant network, which means that any system, not just financial transactions, any system that requires a middleman has the potential to be completely disintermediated. Um, is that a good thing? 
Is well, that a good it's, thing? It, it costs costs. You lose all the transaction costs. You have 100% trust. You have 100% buy-in. Um, I would say it's a good thing. Obviously, there are drawbacks, and we can get into that. Um, but but overall, yes, I would say it's a great thing. Uh, when we talk about the blockchain, again, everybody thinks about Bitcoin. There's a new, I guess we can call it a platform uh, called Ethereum. And that that does what we were just talking about, which is makes the system for any transaction, any contract to be built on the blockchain, not just money related. Uh, Bitcoin is stuck in just, you know, basically sending money from one place to another. Ethereum can do that, but an infinite amount of other things. Um, so you, you can build what are called distributed applications on top of those D apps or dApps. Dapps? Dapps. Oh, shit. Yes. I like that. Um, and, and it's really so you're saying Ethereum dApps. Ethereum dApps. Would you say you're dapper? Yeah, absolutely. So let's stop there. Um, Gladys Knight in the dApps. What? <laughs> What's unclear? Like, wh- what are you thinking, Chris? Wh- how does Ethereum sound? Sounds great. Um, <laughs> sounds like a cult. <laughs> Welcome to Ethereum. We'll take care of everything for you. No need for middlemen. What, Trust what, us implicitly. Wasn't the, it the name of like a you know uh, Matt Damon movie or something? Um, similar name. That was Ethereum. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think it was. So is that your your question? Um, not really. Um, so I, I kind of understand what it does. It's a little little theoretical. It's right. hard to really kind of wrap your your head around a concrete example of it. Maybe an example. Um, so, also, this is also new that there aren't any distributed applications fully out there. There are a few in beta. You know, you need to basically learn. Elysium. 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 Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Um, you plug, need, plug for Elysium. You need to basically learn a new programming language to even build a contract, a, a smart contract on Ethereum. Um, their programming language is called Solidity. And. And the first big promising application being built is called Augur, which is a take on prediction markets. And prediction markets exist, you know, like you can go to, I think, predictwise.com mm-hmm. or something, and you can bet on the outcome of a specific event. For example, the presidential election. You can bet on who you think is going to win. That updates in real time based on who other people think are going to win. And then you get a payout based on what actually happens. On Ethereum, this same system can be built, but it can be even more efficient, and it can scale faster and better. Uh, so, how does it work? That's a great question. What? How does Ethereum work? How How would Augur work on Augur the work. blockchain? Are you asking me this? I, I guess. I don't know the answer to that. Well, it... Um, well, I mean, so again, it's yeah. decentralized. decentralized. It's on this blockchain network called Ethereum, and you can, from a predicting um, outlook, it looks the same as any other prediction market not on the blockchain. If I want to bet on, you know, uh, the next presidential election, I'll go on. I'll say who I think I I want to win. But on the back end, what's happening is you have a whole network of people. Um, 
verifying what's actually happening in the real world. So after that election ends, I let's say I'm you know working with Augur. I'll go on and I'll say, oh well, Trump won the election, and thousands of other people who are also verifiers will go on and say, yes, Trump did win Would the election. Would these people at polling stations? I'm confused. They're just random people. Just random people. And, and there's a the, the incentive is called rep, which is almost a currency that you can collect if you reported the correct information. So I say Trump won. Yes. Thousands of other people also say Trump won. Maybe four or five people are screwing around and they say Clinton won. But, you know, it's pretty clear consensus is Trump won. All of the people who verified that Trump won gain a percentage of the transaction fees from the people who were betting they still don't really get there with what their job is and and and, and how they would have that information it, they have the information because it happened in the real world but if it happened why does it need to be very like it's, it's it's verified through other means like through polling stations and such or number where there's recounts right but but that information needs to be fed into the network and right. the only way for it to be fed into the network is through people to say this well, is what happened. Well, that that's, it still feels like a middleman. What if what if with Augur, which just plugs directly into the voting network? Like when electronic votes are cast and it's counted. But this is more generalizable than yeah. just for voting. No, right? I, I'm just saying it seems this like is, it seems like there's like this is just having its users like identify what's happening in the real okay. world okay. Um, as a way to like gain reputation points um, which Sounds are like some game. sort of credit or like useful thing in this right it's like your right. uber rating yeah um, and you know the answer is always going to be correct because it's decentralized and dependent on such a large number of people it's hard to get a yeah. ton of people to lie basically right um, especially when there's an incentive at stake if yeah. you're found out to have lied you lose everything that you staked and if you you know said what actually happened you earn money so it's, yeah well, I think I brought this up when we were talking last time. Like, what if there was just an outside force that just paid people outside of the system to lie? So that's possible. Right? If, yeah. if, if you somehow tamper with the network enough yeah, like, to convince people, you, you basically have to disincentivize them. It's, yeah. it's a network of incentives. And if if an outside force was malicious enough and wanted to do that, they probably could. I think the economic power needed to do that is probably too high. So, like, hypothetically, if some, I don't know, foreign government made a bunch of bots, potentially, or, like, a ton of users, they could they could influence the outcome of what Ethereum thinks happened in the world? Um, I, I honestly don't know the security behind it. That's another thing to be wary about with the blockchain in general. The security, it's only as good as the programming that's done on top of it. So... Uh, Ethereum had something called the Decentralized Autonomous Organization, the oh, DAO. God. This is another application the DAO? outside of prediction markets. So the DAO was a essentially a venture capital fund where people on the Ethereum chain put in money, they crowdsourced a fund, and then everybody would agree on where that fund would invest. So it was like a decentralized venture capital fund. It had $150 million in it, and it was hacked. Um, Rough. Yes. So $50 million over the course of a couple of days were siphoned off from the fund. And and that, that's, I mean, one of the biggest heists, heists I can think of. 
So there, there are certainly issues. They, they, so you can't impl- sometimes you can't implicitly trup, uh, trust the cryptography of these. Not necessarily. So the cryptography still works. It was just the programming done to enable the oh. DAO. Oh yeah. Right. So so the blockchain was secure, but it yes. was but it was the things that were put on top of exactly. the blockchain that were not secure. Got it. Exactly. Um, they, they knew about the vulnerabilities a week or so before they were hacked. They didn't fix the vulnerabilities. They ended up basically recovering the fifty million through various actions. We probably don't need to get into that. But they recovered they just, the. F- did they hack them? No, they forked. They did a hard fork of the currency, so the fifty million that that guy stole basically wasn't do- doesn't matter anymore because they said no, that's not the real currency anymore. It's still being traded, though, right? It is, but it'll. It's yeah. Yes. Got it. So those are two application uh, examples. You have the prediction markets and you have a decentralized organization. And again, as we always say on Just the Tech, if you can build a platform that enables new functionality with zero additional cost, it's a no-brainer. Yeah. We say it all the time. And it... Every episode. It certainly applies here as well. Would you say that that's part of the digital revolution Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, this is the digital revolution. This is an information processing ledger. Yeah, it's digitizing the middleman out of existence. That's right. Yeah, I mean, even even something as simple as somebody notarizing something isn't doesn't have to be. You don't have to pay somebody to notarize something anymore. This this literally acts as a notary of one transfer to another. As simple as that. I I think. What people aren't realizing is that it is an application platform, yeah. essentially. It, it's it's almost like a new app store. When when Apple created the app store, they allowed people to they allowed developers to come on and create these things. Like we always talk about Uber, Airbnb, these things would not have been possible without the app store. Um, and now there are going to be things that we can't predict that will now be made possible because of the blockchain. Yeah. I mean, uh, one, another example I read about was um, think about when funds are distributed at a company, right? And they're distributed in, in you know, in, a, in such a way that you, you want to maximize the effect of those funds and also not be overpaying certain departments, right? You can, with different cryptocurrencies um, enabled through the blockchain, you can set currencies to expire after a certain point and they go back to the holder. So you can say, hey, you have, you know, let's say you have a project. Hey, you have 30 days. I'm going to give you this much money. And however much they use in that time, they've used. And then everything else left will immediately go back to the sender. Another way you can do it is like basically siphon stuff off to different departments. And then, again, however much money is it, like you can you have a public ledger about how much is used and not used. It's not something you have to wait in a middleman to say, oh, this is what we've calculated up for the, the costs of, you know, travel, etc. It's There's a budget there and you can stick to the budget. And if they go under budget, you know exactly by how much. And there's no way to, there's no way around it, so it really helps exact costs about how much things cost and you know operating expenses. So who uses this currency at this point? You know, I can't really like pay for pizza with Bitcoin right now. Can you, I? You, you actually can at some places. You can you can buy pizza with Bitcoin. Well, okay. be realistic though. You can't really. You couldn't likely survive on Bitcoin. You, you need and also uh, the more important fact is that if people are accepting bitcoin they're probably marking it to the current price of the u.s dollar so you're basically making the conversion anyway yeah um, i mean there are there are sites like 
Amazon that like just accept Bitcoin. It's like a you can buy like computers or anything else on it by just using Bitcoin. But again, it's and you get and there's similar prices to Amazon with you know compared to the U.S. dollar. So it's right, but with worse service. No, it's two day shipping. All right, whatever. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying it's it, it it's it's not it's not it's not ideal yet, but there's definitely been communities built around it. Yeah, and and it is growing. To to answer the question though, I think it, who owns this stuff, either Bitcoin or Ether, which is Ethereum's currency, um, miners, speculators, and early adopters. Got it. So like Fortune 500 companies, no one's taken taken this stuff yet. Well, they haven't taken exactly like Ether or Bitcoin, but a lot of them are slowly getting into the idea of using blockchain in their, like, you know, as, as a back end for their business. Right. A, a lot of banks are now getting on board saying, all right, th- this blockchain breakthrough is real. We don't necessarily want to use Bitcoin. Um, Bitcoin has its own problems. Ethereum looks pretty good. There are a few other blockchain based tech companies, foundations, startups. However, they're structured. Ripple is one. Um, again, so that so there are a few banks are getting on board. I think my personal opinion is that Ethereum will be kind of the winner, based on the firepower they have right now and the momentum they have. But but who knows? The the, the real importance is that large institutions are starting to realize. Yeah. So this, a, this this is a headline from Reuters. Blockchain technology could help the world's largest investment banks cut their infrastructure costs between eight and twelve billion dollars a year by twenty twenty five, according to a report from Accenture. Like that's not nothing. This this a lot. Not nothing, but it would be nice to have it in terms of you know percentage. percentage but, yeah. but that's okay. Yeah. Would you say that this is like a a young market though? It's like it's not even close to to like kind of maturity equilibrium that it's just like still figuring out what's going on so kind of speculation about the future is i don't know a little little hard to do in in any sort of accurate way yeah it's it's impossible to do in any accurate way um but like we always talk about here is that what you can do is say well this will change things we don't know how it will change things so let's just pay attention and, and you know kind of track how it yeah changes things. stock like th- they're probably stock up on patents try to basically get behind it because they don't know exactly how it's going to change their business they just know it will right and yeah, yes it's still very very early i think if you if we were to go out on the street and ask people you know what's ethereum what's what is There's the a new segment on just the tech it's called yeah. just the street we go on the street Talk to real people. Ask them the how much they'll, they'll buy an ether for. <laughs> Yo, you want some ether? <laughs> <laughs> it, it, sound, it sounds like a TV drug. I mean, ether is like actually a thing, right? Like, yeah, one of the first things used for like dental surgery and stuff. Oh, like, that's a it's a painkiller, right? Oh shit! Yeah, <laughs> it's actually a drug. Look at me knowing things. Anyway, so I guess it's probably important to talk about the problems surrounding. Oh, the okay, yeah, problems. Do tell, because it seems like things have been hacked and right stuff. So things, have but been that's hacked. not necessarily the blockchain. Correct. I mean, my like first memory of what Bitcoin was is that people were using it in college to buy drugs. So um, right, so that's one problem. It has... people use cash to buy drugs though too. Yeah, but like like. 
you know, the dark laziest, web the laziest yeah, way bit, possible. Bitcoin essentially legitimized the dark web and yeah, underground drug trading online and arms and, well, and, and, and yeah. organs and, and people and, and stuff like and that. And sex right. slaves, yeah, right. So there are some issues there. We don't know how governments are necessarily going to classify it in the future. The IRS has classified Bitcoin as a uh, commodity, I think. So yeah, they have. So that's not wrong. No, it's not wrong. It has some tax implications, which is also fine. Uh, but but that's the U.S. There are other governments that are still going to need to weigh in, and and I don't think it's out of the question that the U.S. changes their mind if if Bitcoin somehow starts affecting you know monetary policy, or if it has some tie in to to the central bank in any way, they're going to relook at it. Makes some sense, right? The other issue is that they're at least for. Uh, Bitcoin and even Ether, there's a finite supply. So was, did you figure that out with Ether? Was there? Yes. There's, okay, there's, okay. There's a finite supply. Maybe they're thinking about doing a uh, a K percent rule, which would be growing the monetary supply at K percent per year. And that K percent, what's exciting is that it can be figured out by consensus on the blockchain. It, there's hmm. no central authority saying what that percent will be. But but the network is agreeing on what. So would it have to be? be like, I mean, this is all speculation, though. So wouldn't we don't know how the consensus would be reached yet, right? Correct. Yeah, it could just be majority. Correct. It could yeah. be. It has to be. You know, two thirds or simple majority. Yeah, we don't know. Yet. Ethereum yeah. is still so new that that we don't really know too too much about supply in the future. Let's use Bitcoin, I guess. Yeah, as Bitcoin that has a finite here. supply. As a finite supply, economically speaking. To me, and and I haven't heard a good reason why this isn't true, is that we'll eventually hit a deflationary spiral. We hit the cap of supply. If demand continues to increase, then you see natural deflation. You see hoarding because people expect the value of their Bitcoin to increase. So, so like, they, so it's like Beanie Babies. Uh, almost. Yeah. 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 It it will increase the value of one bitcoin in exchange for us dollar you know asymptotically and that's destabilizing you don't want, you don't want that in a currency i think that will lead a, lo- to- a lot of anarchists and libertarians will just uh, have just been saying like it pre- it prevents against inflation so it's a good thing that there's a cap right i think the people who are developing blockchain currencies i, I don't know if they're they're not looking at economics hard enough but i i really have not heard a good reason why there wouldn't be a deflationary spiral with a finite supply i've heard some things about uh fractional reserve banking which has the potential to increase the supply just by banks loaning out their deposits but i don't know how that works on the blockchain because every transaction needs to be linked to a central blockchain yeah. whereas if you have a private bank lending that out they then need to probably create their own ledger and then tie it back in i, I just yeah. don't understand it, it's very possible that fractional reserve banking can happen and it can solve the issue of deflation but but i don't know how it would work it does seem like you know a bridge they'll have to cross when they get there but non-trivial probably i think they should i don't know if the bridge is there to cross when they get there they need to have the plans ready and they need to know the bridge is there 
Yeah, we, when is the supply running out? They're not running out. When, when is it? Is it 2028? It, it'll be, no, it, it, it's further 2040? into the future. Yeah. 2040. 2040, it yeah, will 2040. hit its cap. And, and so I think what's happening is people are saying, oh, 2040 is so far away. And, and I mean, know, is Bitcoin still going to be the thing at that point? Probably, like, probably it, not. Yeah. Who knows? Um, and, it, and it might not be the thing because of this very problem. But again, who knows and there are certainly problems i mean it's part of like the experimental process right of like figuring yes. this out yes is that... absolutely um what about the like political stuff about this you know you know terrorism groups using it like the the black market's use of cryptocurrency um you know yeah. i think i think this is a similar conversation that we had when we talked about smart homes we talked about like people like oh you can hack into smart locks and stuff. It's like people can hack into regular locks, right? I'm not like, really the, worried about hacking as much. No, as no, I'm just I'm, I'm I'm just I'm just saying like that in the world, regardless of how people find a way, right? Like pe- pe- people will get into a house regardless. Pe- pe- people with even without cryptocurrency, money will still exchange hands. Products will still exchange hands. Sure, I guess that. I'm I'm yeah. thinking about more like if it's enabling. Um, in a way that like you know twitter enabled like uh, that was that's, the that arab was... spring stuff like i, I don't right. know right I, so i think the answer is is yes it's enabling of all sorts of things that we don't know what it will be enabling of yeah terrorism potentially you know black markets but also the good things and, and we just don't know the magnitude of all of those things when i think about something like this i think it's helpful to take a step back and just think about technology broadly if in i don't know early 1900s you invented the car and you were told every year 30 million people would die and that's like now so third sorry 30,000 people uh that would be insane <laughs> well worldwide that might not be wrong but okay so in, in the u.s 30,000 people die of car accidents would you still invent the car and when you're posed with that question it's hard but it's still a no-brainer. Yeah, you invent the car. The, the the positives have far outweighed the negatives. Yeah, and I mean, that information is just kind of one-sided, right? How many were dying in carriage or train accidents, right? Like, like it's just what the change in transportation yeah. is like. Yeah. I think um, it's safe to assume that more people die or get into bad accidents in vehicles. Than in carriages. Right. That's probably true. Just on right. S- speed and combustion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think I think yeah. Problems. Problems, yes. But, well, but we don't know if they'll outweigh the benefits yet. But well, it seems, it seems to be a way to just cut costs a lot. It it seems like some of the problems are just like systemic to the way that to the humans. internet is just kind of the wild west a little bit, um, and that you know. This is just another thing in that territory that people will use as as they see fit. Chris, do you feel totally up to speed on the blockchain? Yeah, Chris, what is blockchain? What can it do for us? Go. It helps with digital currency and or other contracts by having some large pu- public ledger um, that keeps kind of track of what's going on without any central authority and kind of is run generally by the group of people that buy into it. Is that is that nailed it yeah that's beautiful we're gonna give a quick couple shout outs <laughs> to some people um 
I'm going to give a one shout out to uh, Keenan Lynch. He uh, he played our episode the most, our last episode the most. So thank you, um, Keenan Lynch. And also to uh, Samantha Banks, wasn't it? Samantha Samantha Parkins. Samantha Parkins. Oh, she uh, just a quick shout out to her. Thank you very much for the support. We really appreciate it. Samantha Parkins. If you'd like a shout out in the future, please uh, just you know make us make us aware. We'll uh, see what we can oh, do. Oh, Samantha Parkins, I think you're in Germany too. So German expression. Thank you. <laughs> huh? No, I, I don't. I don't know any German expressions. Oh, got it. G- yeah. German. Hi. <laughs> um, no. No. Nope. No. Nope. No. No. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you so much. It's <laughs> our new segment where we just say thank you. <laughs> just the thanks. Thank it's, you. A, it's a gratitude segment. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We, we really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Th- thank you. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Thank you for listening to Just the Tech. Uh, we couldn't include everything, and we definitely missed some things. We definitely missed some things. Let me just repeat that. Um, so be, be sure to check out the Didn't Didn't Companion post for this episode on our website at www.justthe.tech. Continue the conversation with us on Twitter at Just the Tech or on our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash Just the Tech podcast. Thanks, guys. Have you done anything on our Instagram recently? No. Okay. (laughs) I think our Instagram is just underscore the underscore tech. Yeah, we have that picture from... Oh, no, we did. We did. I released released a promo for season two. This is the first episode of season two. It was a... The the post was more drama. Season two. (laughs) Have you you seen it yet? I haven't. I'm not on Instagram, so...